Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. And Jesus, I love ya. <laughs> we we all do. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I am currently standing on thumbtacks <laughs> and, and tap dancing on the grave of my enemies. I actually don't think that's a part of this movie at all. <laughs> I thought it was weird that scene where she just broke out into a tap dance routine. Yeah, it was. It became a musical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bleeding for God. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say anything because it's going to spoil stuff. But Yeah, uh, I'm already kind of going into it. <laughs> that thumbtack part shook me a little bit when I walked. Well, it didn't shake me. It was just like, it was definitely like I winced when I saw it. Oh, uh, yeah. Same here. We'll talk about all of that because uh, is this is this the first a24 movie from quote-unquote 2020 we did first cow in 2020 oh right i forgot about first cow but uh yeah this was that was really early i think as far as a24 movies go that we were excited for before the world ended we were i think green knight was probably our number one but this was my number yeah. two i was really looking forward to this because i had heard good things because it played like once in 2019 so this movie actually, yeah. people saw this movie like two years ago. It finally just came out. I've been really excited to talk to you about this. That's not even a spoiler about how I feel about the movie. It's mainly just like, uh, it's, it's been a minute because we watched, or I watched it before you, and then we were actually planning on what, uh, recording this. Like a week ago. Yeah, the day after Valentine's Day, which by the way, we, we had a great dinner. <laughs> you and I. I wind, I wind and dined this guy. We wine dined in 69. <laughs> yeah. I took him to a highfalutin restaurant. <laughs> yep. And then, and then he fucked me in an alley. <laughs> yeah. We went to a nice restaurant and then we just got really swampy afterwards. Yeah, dude. Straight up lady in the tramp uh, in an alley. Like two Italian men fed us spaghetti and meatballs until we banged. <laughs> Did I ever send you that meme? And it's like, um, it's the cover of Lady and the Tramp, but they changed all of the text, and it's like two two creepy Italian men try to get these dogs to fuck in an alley. I think you did send me that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is basically oh, what it is, man. Yeah, they're like, oh look at the look at these dogs. <laughs> leave it, leave it to Disney to come up with a uh, movie back in the day about just dogs fucking. Oh hell yeah! Speaking what a what well, a good idea. I was gonna say speaking of dogs, speaking of Disney, uh, Corella that that trailer just came out. We can do that for the trailer. Oh, yeah. part. We're not doing that today, but we can do that for another day. And uh, I'll do that soon. Yeah, and I just got back from Disney. Oh yeah, I saw uh, you posted a couple of pictures just yesterday on your Instagram. Yeah, uh, that you you were there with your bros, right? Yeah, we went. We did Islands of Adventure and Universal one day, and. Uh, we like did not, we did not like eat like the whole day. We were just like, we're gonna get our money's worth like going here. So yeah. uh, we like checked afterwards. We walked like twelve miles throughout the day because we just kept going. But we did everything nice. in both parks, besides like the Shrek ride and like the Despicable Me ride and like one other thing. So uh, the two best, the two best movie rides you can do. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what was wrong with you? Oh man! Surprisingly, they had really long wait times compared to everything else. I'm assuming it's just how like they're like boarding people into them or whatever. But um, 
Yeah, well, we everybody's fiending to hear donkey and banana. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only reason. We uh, we were on Transformers. We were just dying because, like, even the so even the dialogue. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say even like the dialogue in like the ride is just the worst. It's somehow better than the movies, though. <laughs> yeah, they're the, the only difference between the ride and the movie is that. Um, there's less objectifying of women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There wasn't a moment where in 3D, Megan Fox flashed her boobs. So I was just like, okay, I guess this is okay. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is better. This is a step up. Yeah, but um, yeah, then the next day we went to we went to Hollywood Studios and we did all the Star Wars stuff. Which, Ugh, awesome. It's a game changer, man. I was excited for it, but then when when we got there, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And then all the rides are better than pretty much any other ride I've ever been on. Like uh the Millennium Whoa. the Millennium Falcon ride, that we did that one first cuz the new new ride you have to like get a reservation to do it. So we got a reservation in the morning but we're like okay, we got to come back at like 1 to do this. So we got online right in the morning for like the Millennium Falcon ride. And the Millennium Falcon ride, six people sit in it and it's the co- literally the cockpit to the Millennium Falcon and like in the line you like walk through the the ship so like there's like the chessboard mm-hmm. area and like you see like a bunch of like cool stuff like the uh the training oh, like yeah but the the ride itself is it's basically like a flight simulator slash video game so when you go in you can choose if you want to be a pilot a gunner or a mechanic and if you're a pilot you actually fly the ship oh my god yeah that'd be so stressful we were we were losing it though like. Uh, the first time I went, I was a gunner, and my brothers were pilots. So one person controls the left and right of the ship, and then the other person controls the up and down of the ship, and they get to like pull into like hyperspace. And mm-hmm. the first time, like we pulled Ryan, like pulled into hyperspace, we were just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> just like losing <laughs> our minds. <laughs> People working there are probably like fucking idiots. <laughs> we were just it's really cool and uh you get like a score at the end of it based on like how like good you did how many ships you blew up and like the ride's different every time so i think it was the second time we did it one of the parts on the ship broke so like when we did the jump to hyperspace at the end it didn't go all the way to the planet we wanted to go to so then like we ended up like an asteroid field so like the rides really like there's a lot of like re-ride value to it and then um, that's awesome yeah and then the other one the new one like actually like the whole experience of the ride is like 20 minutes long. Whoa. It's nuts. Yeah. And, um, they kind of like make like you go through the line, but then when you get to a certain point and it's like, it's almost like it's not a line. It's, they kind of make it, um, like a, the whole thing is like trying to make it very like immersive. So you like Mm -hmm. get onto a ship with like the people that are going to be on the ride with you. And then they make it look, it's cool because you walk in the ship and the doors close and then like the windows of the ship, like they make it look like you're leaving the planet. And then when you're in space, you get like pulled in to a Star Destroyer from like their tractor beam and you get pulled Mm. in. And then the same door that you left from opens and you're like on, you're in this huge ass room and it's like, it looks like the deck of a Star Destroyer and there's like like 40 like animatronic stormtroopers like standing there and there's a like an IMAX size screen that's like on like the wall that makes it look like you're like in space. There's like TIE fighters flying Damn. by and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. And then the actual ride, you know how like normally like any like car or roller coaster or whatever, like it's on a track. Mm-hmm. There's no track. I don't know how they do it. It's just like, Whoa. yeah, your car just like goes through. But there's like, I watched a thing on how they did it. They pulled off a lot of like really cool special effects and like animatronics in it. But there's rooms that are like massive, and there's like models of like the the walkers from like like a uh, Empire Strikes Back, and they're like two scale, and you like go under their feet and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool. We like left and we're like that was crazy, but we spent the parks open from nine to seven. We were only we were in Star Wars from nine until four, so I don't even know what that is. I think it was like seven hours. Seven we were, hours. Yeah, we were just in the Star Wars section of the park because there's so much to do in it. Dude, so. I, that's worth the price of admission for me. Did you make a Did you make a droid or a lightsaber or anything? We we made both of them. <laughs> we made a droid oh. and we made a lightsaber, and then we got super super lucky and we got to um we got to eat at the cantina. Mm-hmm. 
So we, like we got like different drinks and stuff like that there, but that was really cool. But uh, yeah, me, me and Ryan both built lightsabers and then all three of us built droids. It was a good time. Damn, that's so sick. Well, I know what we're doing when I come to visit you. I want, like, like I said, I, for this year, I have a season pass to Universal. And me and Brianna were like, we'll do like Universal season pass this year. And then she was like, next year, like, we'll do Disney because you get all four parks. And I was like, okay, like, I think I like Universal more. But now, like, I'm like, God damn it. I've got a Universal pass for 10 more months. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to get I want to get another pass. <laughs> I want to go to Disney. How much is the year pass for Disney? Probably a lot. It's probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think the park hopper pass for like one day at um, Universal is about the same amount as a park hopper pass for Disney. But I would assume that it's more, though, just because park hopper for Universal is two parks or I think it's three because I think they count Volcano Bay. But regardless, the Disney one's four parks and they like have the Star Wars stuff now and then. I don't really have much interest in it, but they just built all the Avatar stuff in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah, but the Star Wars stuff is awesome. Like, I was thinking about like Cat and Ducky and stuff when I was there. I was like, damn, like they would probably love this. Like any person who's like really into Star Wars would just blow their load over, basically. Yeah. I Actually, yeah, dude, I really want to go. I want to build a lightsaber. What color? What color saber did you end up getting? Because isn't it random? So they bring out like a tray of like kyber crystals, and you can pick. It just so happened that the two trays they brought out, they brought right to me and Ryan first. So we got first dibs. So we both got blue. But then after the fact, we bought uh, red ones also. Nice. Yeah. This is also cool. We went to uh, the first time we really went to Disney Springs and there was a Star Wars store. So we went in there and yeah, I've been to that one. Oh, you have the Star Wars store? Yeah, I've been I've been through Disney Springs because it's not like you have to pay to get in there. You just like walk around. It's like the Disney shopping district, basically. Yeah. But some of the things they have there are super cool. And you know I'm like a big board game like nerd. And yeah. do you remember in Solo when he plays Lando in that card game for the Millennium mm-hmm. Falcon? They make that in an actual game. Whoa. Yeah. So I bought that because it was like $15 and I was like, oh, this is cool. And that's not bad. Yeah, it doesn't say in the rules this, but it heavily implies it. But it's it's meant to be like a gambling game. Like you're supposed to like wage your money when you play it. Or like whatever, hmm. but um, or something. Yeah, so we tried it out in the hotel room. It's really fun. And then I didn't buy this, but I looked it up, like how to play it. Um, they also sell Dejaric, which is the chess game that they play on the Falcon. Like you could buy that also. That's sick. So you got a hotel when you went? You didn't just? How far do you live from Disney? I live an hour and a half from Disney, but um, ah, I see. We were staying two nights. Like like I said, we did Universal the first day and. We were just like, let's just stay in a hotel. So we went down Sunday. We did Disney Springs like that night after we got in. And then Universal Monday and Star Wars on Tuesday. I'm going to save up. I'm going to come down. Me and my lady are going to crash at your place. We're going to do a whole day at Disney. I was going to say to you like uh, like last week when I was like, I was like, dude, when, when are you visiting? You got to come down. Uh, we just got to get sloppy. Gotta. <laughs> oh, you got a couple of sloppy poppies in Disney Springs. <laughs> Better hide your kids. The two <laughs> dudes are, are drunk and hitting the streets. <laughs> there was, um, I think it was the day before my brothers came. I was in Walmart and I was just like grabbing like quick stuff, like, like detergent and shit like that. And yeah. some guy like stopped me and he was like, yo, I, I really like your shirt. Like I was wearing like this, like, like way over the top, like button down. I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. But this guy was like the friendliest man ever. And I talked to him for like 10 minutes. And he was just like talking about like, why are you, why'd you move here? Whatever. And like we were talking and stuff. But uh, Ryan said to me, he was like, he was probably just like a swampy fanatic. And he, and he recognized you. And but didn't, didn't want to like be weird about it. Yeah, but didn't want to be weird about it. I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah, that, that's exactly that's what, what it is. <laughs> The, the Swampies come out in droves when we hit the streets of Florida. <laughs> yeah. Especially. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's actually why I've been avoiding visiting. It's just like, I'm like, you know what? I want to. And like, I love talking to the fans. I love I love chopping it up with the regular folk. But at the same time, it's like, I'm a person. I just want to like be able to chill. Like, yeah. I don't want to have like cameras flashing in my face all the time. <laughs> like, it's just obnoxious, you know? Yeah, I ain't just... trying to come out to Florida and be another Princess Diana. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's... I would come, but I just hate the paparazzi. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. 
It's like, I know that the, like, because they'll always tell me, like, I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Papa, paparazzi. And I'm like, (laughs) and I know Lady Gaga listens to the show. And she, like, actually, like, shouted us out and, like, dedicated that song, like, to us. Like, if you actually look in the liner notes for that album, she lists us as, like, one of her biggest inspirations for (laughs) that song. (laughs) And, And we're the ones who told her, we were like, Bitch, you better start acting, girl. Like we know this homeboy, Brad, Brad Coops, and uh, and he's working on a he's working on a script for a movie that's been done like I don't know a dozen times. But like I think this one is actually gonna stick. So <laughs> yeah, you should probably like hit him up or something. I can connect you guys. And she was just like, dope, dude, because that's how she talks. And then uh, and then the rest is history. You know, Bradley Cooper cheats on his wife with her, obviously, even though they say there's nothing there, even though you watch that Oscar performance and they're singing next to each other. And it's like, these two definitely fucked. Like, (laughs) damn, like she's not that good of an actress. (laughs) The air is getting thicker in this building right now. Dude, it's hot (laughs) and heavy the way they're freaking doing it. Like, oh my God, it is scandalous. And the poor guy's got to go back and sit next to his wife after that. And Lady Gaga's just like, rubbing all up on him, singing all sexy, and he's all just, like, putting his, their heads against each other, and it's like, yeah, they definitely, like, touched genitals. <laughs> this is an average weekend for me and you. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, the regs for us. Like, this is, like, normal. Like, we always, like, every time we go out, we're always, like, playing piano together, rub, putting our heads on each other. A lot of PDA. Getting sloppy in the alley after a nice, delicious Valentine's dinner. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always got to treat the boy right. You always got to treat the boy right. I was gonna say this week we're talking about basically just like sweating on each other and singing, and then last week I'm pretty sure you said that you like you were like drain your sack on me. That might have been you. No, that was you. I listened to the episode yesterday. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I would say. I'm a classy gentleman. Yeah. I, that sounds like some swampy shit. I would never do that. Nah, that ain't me. That ain't me. That sounds like some shit that would happen in the trailer park. Nice. Perfect timing. Yeah. We were getting off the rails. Yeah, th- <laughs> we we were getting a little off the rails. That was we were talking about some nasty shit. That was like some shit that would happen on like, I don't know, a place like Skull Fuck Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Guess what? This week your boy actually does know what movie we're talking about. <laughs> we're we're talking about friggin' King Dong versus Cuckzilla. <laughs> You know, we, we've been calling it Kong vs. Godzilla because it sounds better, but the name of the movie is actually Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, I guess Godzilla's top build. Makes sense. His movie was first, definitely more successful. There's been two Godzilla movies as opposed to the one King Kong movie. It makes sense that his name would be listed first, but I feel like was the original Kong versus Godzilla, was that what the original one was named, or was the original also Godzilla versus Kong? I think it was also Godzilla versus Kong. But... Oh, so we're just idiots. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm interested. But we know we know this is the follow up to Godzilla King of the Monsters, which came out 2019. Yeah, and we did an episode on that. That's actually one of our earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that one your brother was on with us, right? That was the one that, or no? Did Brandon do? He was on trans. He was on the Bumblebee. Oh right, but we talked about the trailer for. King of the Monsters yeah. on that episode. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Because I knew, I think that's when President of the Monsters was born. Yeah. Yep. That was a, that was a good time. It's uh, it's King well, Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong versus Godzilla is the original. It was made in 1963. Okay. Uh, so this is how they differentiate. They flipped the billing on it. Okay. It's good yeah. to know. Maybe uh, that's a tell on who's going to win. Although we've, we've briefly discussed some stuff about this movie a couple episodes ago. Just because, like, I don't know how it came up, but it came up. And uh, like I know you don't necessarily love Skull Island. I enjoyed Skull Island. Um, I liked. We both liked the first Godzilla movie with the what was it like 2014 or whatever with Brian Cranston and uh, mm-hmm. was it Aaron Taylor Johnson? Right. Yeah. Yep. On Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. She's in it. <laughs> Atj. <laughs> yeah, I I like the the Brian Cranston one. Um, I think that's a good time. I think I'm in the minority there. I don't know. 
I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it, but I read so many people afterwards just like, oh, they didn't show Godzilla enough. Like, it was, like, stupid. They focused, focused too much on the humans, and it's like, okay, we're going to double down on that in the next one, and give, but give you way worse characters. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we, we talked about all that. I think it was, it was last episode, actually, was when we talked about it. But I, I also did say that I'm... I look forward to these movies because I used to watch these movies as a kid, and sometimes I just want to watch, like... Just a really fun, like, cool action movie. Yeah. That's that's actually, I was talking about Pacific Rim. I really like the first Pacific Rim. It's, like, not the best movie, but it's super fun. And I remember going to the theater and just leaving. I was like, yeah, that was that was awesome. Like, seeing that in the theater was really cool. So I am, like, excited for this. I don't, I still don't think it's going to be very good. But I don't know. Like, there's some things, and we'll get to it in the trailer, that I'm like, okay, maybe they're they're learning from their mistakes from the past few movies. Well, you want to not dilly-dally any further and... uh Let's check it out and talk about it. Yeah, sure. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. Stop what's coming. See, already I'm like, child. how does the world need him? How does anybody know him. about him? Because they, I thought the whole thing at the end of Skull Island was they left him there. And they were like, bury the information. Don't let anybody find out about this place. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So I'm not entirely sure. See a lot of new faces too. Unfortunately, some old ones. You would think these military operations would learn a lesson that, like, missiles and stuff like that don't do shit to King Kong. <laughs> yeah, or Godzilla. Or Godzilla, I mean, yeah. It's Godzilla. Well, it's in the, the Skull Island one. They have, like, 40 helicopters shooting at King Kong and just decimates all of them, too. That's a really cool scene. Yeah, probably the best scene in the movie, honestly. Okay, I just have to say this. This music is music. The music is awful. So bad. <laughs> so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have a giant monkey fight a giant lizard. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how he goes. Kong. We don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. Why is she driving? She's like 13. I know. There was a war. Come on. Standing. How do you know? Says who? I'm guessing that lady's like a librarian at a high school. Well, that's gonna be the one scene where it's like we go for information or something. And she's like, here, here's this book. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there because. I think the biggest thing that everybody's talking about, at least on the internet and what's getting memed is like, you have a giant monkey versus a dinosaur that is essentially a nuclear warhead. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen Godzilla absorb nuclear power and like freaking like lava from like underneath like the core of the earth and like come back from like certain death and like, he fought King Ghidorah, three-headed, like, space dragon alien, and, like, ripped its freaking neck off and, like, breathed down its throat. And, like, he's fighting a monkey. <laughs> with, a, with a club. With a club. And he's blasting this, like, gamma ray at a freaking giant bone. And it's, like, I think there's going to be a lot of explanation. <laughs> explanation needed for any of this to make sense why like Godzilla just doesn't wreck King Kong instantly mm -hmm. yeah also is it like does the government completely forget the premise of Godzilla not the movie but like they have already discussed this whole thing of just like wait like Godzilla is here to like maintain like this balance on earth and like when those other kaiju were coming up Godzilla's the one who actually, like, neutralized the threat and, like, basically saved the world. And then he recessed. And it's the same thing that happened 
in King of the Monsters. He came out, saved the world, and then he went away again. But now they're just like, Godzilla's back. We need a giant monkey well, to, like, offset this? Like, why? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, um, but I actually watched King of the Monsters last week for the second time. It was literally the first time I watched it since we saw it in the theater. But I watched it, and that movie ends with, it's literally, like, Boston is destroyed. Um, the girl's pa- like mom looks like she's died, and then King Kong celebrates with other monsters around him, and then it just ends. And uh, so you don't actually know what happened with Godzilla afterwards. What what he did, or you know what great things he went on to achieve in his life afterwards. But dropped a rap album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually recorded the song that plays in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> he. After that, this actually falls in the timeline and it goes into the whole multiverse. Like, he actually recorded like the backing vocals for that Puff Daddy track that's in the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the roar? Yeah. Come with me. That whole like Matthew Broderick Godzilla soundtrack, they just took good songs or not so good songs, but I remember they took Brains too. It's the exact same version of Brain Stew for the most part, and they just threw Godzilla in the background. It's like, it's like <laughs> so bad. What is this? But uh, yeah, so I don't know, like you know, obviously what's happened and all that stuff. But we've been saying it for a while. We're like, it's it's not going to be Godzilla versus Kong. Like they're going to fight for like like a half hour, and then they're going to team up because the studio's not going to draw the line in the sand and be like, yeah, we, you know, this one character is going to die over the other one. And right. I'm pretty sure after we said that on our last episode, it, it's not a hundred percent confirmed, but it's looking like this is what it is. There's a shot in this trailer towards the beginning. And if you freeze frame it, it looks like uh, the actual villain is Mecha Godzilla. Mm, that'd be cool. It'd be and, cool to see. And the post credit scene to King of the Monsters was the basically like decapitated head of King Ghidorah. And then those like yeah. douchebags are like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll buy one. And uh, they so I don't know what they did or if, they, you know, it's going to tie into that. But, um, you know, they'll fight for like a half hour and then they'll team up and they'll fight King, uh, Mechagodzilla at the end of this. Like, that's what's going to happen. I don't. I don't think there's going to be many surprises, but the one thing I was going to say, there are some like, like action sequences in here in particular, like there's one around like, uh, like one twenty nine in the, in the trailer. And it's like, uh, like a wide shot and it's from far back and it's the two of them fighting on a boat and you can see their entire bodies fighting. And I was like, Oh cool. That's what I wanted to see in the last one rather than like shaky cam close-ups of like them. And you can't see what you're looking at. Like, yeah, you're, you're watching it from the ground level and all you're seeing is like a big old thigh. Yeah. And, uh, so dark and shitty. I'm hoping that that's cause the movie could be trash and the dialogue could be trash and stuff. But if they give me like some cool fights, like, It'll probably just give me all I want out of the movie. I'm not expecting something great. Yeah. So if that's what the action scenes are going to be like, I'll actually probably be like content with this movie. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I want to go see this in Dolby just to make sure I'm getting it like the most like maximum experience out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. that might, that might assist the, but I thought the same thing when I saw King of the Monsters and that's, I either saw it in Dolby or IMAX and still I was like, this is dog shit. (laughs) Yeah. I think I I'm just like saw the definition right. and the sound isn't helping because it's shot. It's it's so bad. Like they they don't show you anything. Like they're like, all right, we'll give you more monster fights, but like we're gonna show it to you at a, such a bad angle that you actually can't tell what's going on. <laughs> Do you remember the part in uh in King of the Monsters when um the the wildlife photographer? I'm forgetting his character's name. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah, but the. <laughs> The part where they show like an old like camera like footage like home home video footage of uh of them and he's like he like peeks his head up and he's wearing like dog makeup and he's like woof 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 oh <laughs> yeah. yeah 
forgot all about that. I was working upstairs, and when we watched this, my brothers were visiting, so they like started it, and they were downstairs watching it, and I was upstairs working on um, some like freelance stuff that I had to get done, and I just hear them laughing, and then I just hear my brother go, "I am so sorry they made him do it," and I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Like he, I forgot about that dog part, so then I ran down. Like I, I came downstairs later. I was like, "Were you talking about that?" And then. He was like, yeah, he's like right off, like, like hot off of Wolf of Wall Street. They have this guy in fucking dog makeup. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Getting paid, though. Getting paid, though. Mm-hmm. So I guess whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, like you said, if they give us some good fights and, it, and they actually let us see it and it's mostly centering around that, which I feel like there's so much expositional dialogue in just the trailer. I feel like we are going to get a lot of that same dog shit writing, a lot of the human focus throughout the movie. We'll maybe get like three or four fight sequences, you know? Yeah. The, um, but if that's cool and it's fun then awesome, but if it's like a two and a half hour freaking movie and an hour and a half to two hours of it is just like the freaking people, talking to each other and talking about what they think is happening with Godzilla based on no expertise at all. We're going to be in the same fucking boat as King of the Monsters. Yeah, I think so. I think the writing actually might be a little bit better on this. I'm hoping for the most part, like Max Bornstein is like still a writer on this and he worked on basically all these. I'm pretty sure he worked on the original Godzilla and Skull Island and King of the Monsters, but they brought in Eric Pearson for um, this movie and he was, uh, I think, the main writer, actually, on Thor Ragnarok. And he's the writer on Black oh. Widow. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm hoping that that's a big boost. And he was, I think he worked on, not he wasn't like a writer, but he worked on like um, like continuity, like within the script for Pacific Rim. Hmm. I'm not sure if it was the first one or second one, though. Maybe it was the second one. But um, that's just, like I said, I, I, I like Pacific Rim. So if it was the first one, I'm just like, okay, that's another like feather in his cap that might make this movie you know, a little bit better. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'm just hoping it's fun. I'm just hoping it's fun. I want to see it on a big screen and and watch some good action. Yeah. It's really all you could ask for. You want to get out of this friggin' trailer park? Yeah. My guy? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do it. Good. It smells like monkey shit in here. <laughs> oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking St. Maud today and yeah. I'm looking forward to this director and writer Rose Glass. It's her feature film debut for both of those categories. Pretty impressive. Usually, I really enjoy people's like debut films for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's crap ones, but like recently, there's been a lot of really good debut films where it's like this person's like passion project that they've worked on for a really long time. You had, you know, Get Out in like eighth grade and mid 90s and shit like that. Like, we've had a lot of really good like A24, like film debut movies recently. And um, I I was excited for this. So Warford Clark, she plays Maud or Katie. And she goes by two names. Yeah. She was she was actually in Crawl for a hot second. And then mm. like the personal history of David Copperfield, which is nominated for Golden Globe this year. Uh, Jennifer Ely, she plays Amanda. She was in Zero Dark Thirty and I Killed Giants, which I think came out two years ago or maybe the maybe our first duties. Um, so that'd be 2018 um, in the King's Speech. Uh, Lily Frazier plays Carol. She's in The Gentleman and Beauty and the Beast. And then Lily Knight, she plays Joy, and she's in a movie called Their Finest. But uh, yeah, small small cast. It's really just Morfitt Clark and Jennifer Ely. A few other people like pop in for like a hot second. But yeah, it's, it's really those two. And really, it's mainly, it's Morfitt Clark. I don't think there's a scene in this movie without her. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where to start. But I kind of wanted to, just, I guess like this is a kind of a, a good thing just to say off the bat because we brought this up maybe like two months ago or three months ago. I can't remember. But you were saying that one of your friends said that they don't like A24 movies and that yeah, you were kind of like, I was like, I was like, what, what like a genre? Like we were make, making fun of it. And then you're like, it kind of is like almost a genre in a way. Like they are like, they do have a lot of like similar things. And this is like, Super A24. <laughs> yeah, Don't you dude, think? that's one of my first notes. I'm like, right away, like, the look, the feel, the aesthetic, the tone that's set with, like, that first scene, I'm like, yeah, this is an A24 movie all the way, huh? Yeah. 
So if, if you don't like those type of movies, you're probably not going to like this because it it fits a lot of like the categories that you would expect. I mean, it's a, There's slow, a lot of ambiguity, the psychological mm-hmm. aspects of the movie, the, the tone burn. of it. Very much a slow burn, very quiet, not um, it's like very performance driven, not as dialogue driven. Not that, not to say that the dialogue is even bad in this. Like, uh, there's no points where I feel like the dialogue is like shitty or anything. But that's not the driving force of how the story is told. Yeah, I didn't know this about it either. And um, I think after we say like this, like people have a good idea of like what kind of movie it is, and then we can really go into like what we liked and disliked. But you know, I watched the trailer like once or twice, like when the trailer was playing in theaters and stuff. And I remember seeing it, thinking it looked cool. There's uh they show like the some of the weird visuals like you know the the water swirling in the glass and like um like the clouds in the sky swirling and stuff like that. I'm like, "Oh, this is probably going to be like some sort of a cuz they 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 tell you it's a religion-based movie." And I was like, "Oh, so this is probably like going to be like demons or some shit, like a, a possession type movie whatever." And supernatural. Uh, yeah, and um and it's not that at all. It it kind of does a uh it comes at night swerve where like those things aren't really what's going on. And, uh, but this movie's not so much a horror film. It's more of a character study or I shouldn't even say it's more it, like it is a character study. Yeah, dude. So uh, one of my like third, third or fourth note I wrote, is this a horror movie? Cause the trailer definitely tries to sell it as such. This is a thing that I think is why people have issue with like some A24 movies and that like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb critics, like anybody writing about it has a hard time selling the the theme or the genre of these movies because like, like light, we talked about recently with the hereditary episode, like lighthouse is considered a horror movie, but it's, it doesn't feel like a horror movie. It's very psychological and it's like very like suspenseful but there's nothing that's really like a super like like a horror element to it and like there's a lot of movies that A24 does where it's like it gets categorized as a horror movie but it's it's so not that like it's not jump scares it's not like monsters and it's not slasher it's not like it's so this this new thing that's kind of been going on for the last maybe like 10 years of these really psychological driven character studies, like looking at like kind of the psychosis or like that slow descent into just like, you know, like it's gaslighting the audience. Like you don't know what's real. You can't tell if it's supernatural or if it's part of the main character's psyche unraveling and stuff like that. And it like really fucks with you. But for most of the movie, I was like, is this a horror movie? And we'll get into the ending, obviously, like once we talk spoilers, but like it didn't feel like a horror movie until maybe the like, last t- 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll agree with that. I for me, like it didn't bother me that I wasn't scared or anything like that. Um, yeah, because there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, so much more than just like, is the movie scary or whatever? Like this movie is actually talking about like important themes. Like we said, it is a character study, but it's kind of uh, like very like real, like subject matter. Cause a lot of it is about like PTSD and like mm-hmm. what can happen to someone if they don't get the help they need and like loneliness and depression. Like I like this movie a lot more than the Babadook. I know a lot of people love the Babadook, but that's another movie that's like playing off of depression and stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, like I was just like, wow, there's a lot more like going on in this movie than what I thought there was going to be because it's actually like relevant. And even though there are like things that are like, maybe you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. Like, could this happen? Like maybe, you know, mm. you mean in terms of like what's happening to the girl? Like, um, yeah, like what's happening to the girl and like, you know, how, what she's thinking and stuff like that. Like it's, it's hard to skirt around that without spoilers but um like i was just like i could definitely see someone unraveling this way oh for sure yeah like that aspect of it definitely there are some things that happen where it does it does that thing like i said with like gaslighting the audience and it makes you question like what aspects of this are 
really happening versus what's in her head. And it's especially difficult in the scenes when she is by herself. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I think the movie does a good job in that most of the time when you see these like really weird kind of supernatural crazy things happening with her, she is by herself. But then later on in the movie, those things start happening around other people. And then you get these quick snap like fragments of what's actually happening because like the the weird thing will happen and she will react to it and then it snaps back to reality and the other when the other people react to her reacting you realize that was actually in her mind yeah that's um and i think that's when it starts to it starts to show you that maybe those things it was showing you before weren't actually happening it's just what she believes in her mind is happening yeah that's for me like the movie I was enjoying the movie for like the most of it, but I was just, it was just like, this is a, this is something I'm enjoying. And then for me, like you want to talk about a movie sticking and landing. I think the, the end of this movie is so good. Like, I don't know if you agree, but yeah, like just man, like you fucking, the ending has stuck with me since I watched it. That's why I texted you and I was like, damn, like we got to talk about this. Cause I think throughout the, the majority of the movie, you're, you're kind of watching it and you're like, I don't know if these things are real or, or what's going on. But, uh, they show you something like towards like the, like the last like 10 minutes of this movie. And you're just like, fuck like, man, this is, this is bad. But also like, like you said earlier, there is an ambiguity to the movie where I wouldn't agree with you, but I think you could argue that maybe some of these things that are happening actually are happening to her because there are a lot of um, very weird conveniences. But again, like mm-hmm. the whole movie is from her her perspective. I'm actually going to hate myself for saying this, but the movie runs with like the like unreliable narrator theme of like Joker kind of where it's like you only experience the whole movie from one person's point of view. So you don't actually know what's real and what's not real. Right which I think is really cool. But yeah, they they show you one thing at the it's the very very end of this movie that seems like it it solidifies that it's like no, it was just in her head. And uh I know. Oh my god. Oh man, when we talk spoilers, I want to I'm going to jerk off so hard about that. That, that so ending. good, man. Just that that last frame Oh, it's so Never, good. You want to talk about sticking a landing? Yeah. Sticking a fucking landing? Literally the last frame of this movie. It's on the screen for maybe a half a second. And it, it, I was like chills from it. It's mm-hmm. half a second of just a, a brief glimpse of a moment that totally reframes everything you watched before it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I, oh my God. I, I loved the ending. Yeah. And at first when I was watching the ending, I was like kind of like what the fuck about it? And Me I'm like, too. Yeah. And I saw the runtime. The runtime is light. Like without the credits, it's like an hour 19. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm seeing the I'm seeing the clock run out on it. Uh, Cuz I was watching it on the computer and like I'm like wait, is the movie ending soon? I'm like there's only like 2 minutes left. I'm like what the hell is going on? What is she doing? And then that happens and I'm like oh Holy fuck. Like I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. It's it's super cool, but it's also like it's like super tragic. <laughs> it's like Yeah, very tragic, very gnarly. Yeah. Um but that being said, I really don't have too many uh, you know what? I have one more one more thing that I can talk about that's not spoilery. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll frame it as a question to you cuz I know we both have a have a decent eye for this like how did you feel about like the cinematography? Cause I felt like there were some shots in this movie that were like really cool, like really interesting. Yeah. I, I liked it a lot. And I think there's really cool shots in the movie and, but more so I really like the lighting of the movie and in mm. particular, like the color of it. Um, there's some really cool scenes in like the dark or like just in like, like, um, like dimly lit rooms and stuff like that, that, Mm-hmm. Just thought it, look, it looked really great. Like A twenty four, like all their movies look fucking awesome. And yeah, like this is there's no like I expect that almost at this point. And uh, I was just watching. I was just like, yeah, like top top notch cinematography. Like it's great. Like we're just gonna go for that. Like top notch cinematography. The movie looks great. 
also love the score, like sound design too. And like, oh yes, dude, like, the music in it was so good. Yeah, and like the sound design too. Like I, because like I said earlier, like the movie's playing off themes of like depression and like loneliness, and they do a really good job with like very subtle sounds in the house, like like creaking like floorboards or like just like the echoing of rooms and stuff like that. Like that just like emphasize the feeling of loneliness really like being alone and i was just like and just how how gray and rainy it is like the setting was like brilliant like being by the water it being like mm-hmm. con- like always this haze and then most of the scenes are either if they you are outside it's very overcast and gray and then a lot of the movie takes place at night mm-hmm. and it kind of has this like you either have this like orange backlit from like outside or you have this like kind of bluish green like when you're in the more grittier scenes when she's like out on the streets and stuff like that. Specifically a shot that stands out for me is um when she's like unraveling a little bit and like she's out at the bar and then she's like walking home and she's all like kind of sickly or whatever mm-hmm. and the alleyway it's sideways the whole yeah. shot is sideways and as she's walking down the steps of that alley it starts to tilt slowly. Mhm. But it never fully straightens out. It like it just tilts and then it cuts to like I was like, damn, this is like really cool looking. And it's like it just makes you feel like really like the whole movie has a very unnerving tone. Like it's really kind of relentless in the way that it like plays on your like anxiety and stuff. Yeah. You uh the whole movie I feel like it ratchets up the tension like more and more, kind of. I never felt like I was like at the edge of my seat, like what the hell's like gonna happen type thing but like just more and more i felt felt more and more uneasy as the movie went on and uh right you can tell something something fucked was coming yeah and uh and yeah i mean we can start getting into spoilers but like just like the last thing that i really just wanted to say like there's really not like a ton to like i guess like learn about the characters but you do learn enough but just in general like i i loved how they show like the way you are introduced to Maud in the beginning of the movie and the way you feel about her and what happens to, I just really like that. Like, cause the movie starts up and you're kind of like, at least I was thinking like, this is like a innocent devout, uh, I guess like Catholic or whatever. Like she's, but she's like going to be like almost like naive to things and probably, and she wants to do like the best cause she wants to be like the girl's savior and stuff like that. And I'm just like, she's probably going to be like the victim at the end of the movie by some sort of like spirit or something like that, but she's going to be good the whole way through. And then, like I said, it is a character study. So you find out more and more about this character as it goes on. And like, I just, I felt really bad for her like the whole time. Cause I was just like, the movie starts up and you think she's one thing. And then you find out like, no, she's like deeply disturbed basically by the yeah. end of the movie. Um, and then I guess, I guess that's a good spot to go into spoilers unless you have something else. No, let's, let's blow the doors open. Cause like, I really want to talk about that ending. And like I said, like this movie's only an hour, like 19 without the credits. And I, I had to watch this in like two and a half sittings basically. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time I told you, I was like, dude, I only have like 15 minutes left and everything that like that last 15 minutes is everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm like, I was like, I can't believe I stopped it right before it really popped off. Mm-hmm. That's that happened to me last year, not on the same level as this because I like this movie way more than the movie I'm about to say. But I shut off Vivarium right before shit popped off in that movie, and I picked it up and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck was I doing?" But yeah, the uh, like kind of a negative for me, I guess, is that it definitely gets very slow in the middle of the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, man, the third act is so good and we can start going into it, but, uh, you know, you find out maybe about halfway through the movie that like, I don't you don't even find out it, it, it seems like she is actually experiencing things with God throughout the movie. Like, and she's very like loyal to God and she feels like she has to like, I guess like, uh, like almost like you know, pay for her sins or like bleed or whatever to like get closer to God and stuff. So there's like some really like gnarly, like kind of like body horror in this movie where like she puts like a thing of like tax in her shoe and like <laughs> stands on mm. it and walk, like, but and we uh, knew that that's just, as you show that in the trailer, I knew it was coming. I still squirmed when I watched her step into it. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. Ugh. But, um, 
yeah, like you, you're kind of like you don't know if she actually is talking to God or if she isn't. And they show you some stuff that I think is definitely supposed to make you feel like she is. Like at one point, she literally talks to God. Like there's a voice in her room and she talks to him, which mm-hmm. knowing things about the production, it makes it more obvious that it is all in her head because apparently Morford Clark voiced God in this movie also. Hmm. So that's cool. It just kind of like she is talking to herself basically. But yeah, like the last, the, the final like 15 minutes just like solidify really like that. It's all, it's all in her head and she's basically just like, just going down a bad path and not, not getting the help she needs. And I mean, do you want to, you want to, Talk about the last, the last moments of it. All right, dude. So like, oh my God, like it's, it's such like a, like a snowballing of events too. Cause like her whole thing, like she becomes obsessed with like saving the, the woman she's caring for. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the way like her mind almost like justifies her attacking her and everything with like that, that almost like she's imagining like Satan's like talking to her through Amanda being like, you're weak. You're as weak as your faith is. And you're mm-hmm. so easily like broken and shook. Yeah. And she just fucking unloads on her. And that's super bloody graphic scene. That's why I was like, where do you go from here? Like, is it, she's going to get arrested. Like, what is the end here? And then it shows her like walking out onto a beach, like the next morning. And dude, that whole, that whole scene, like, Cause there's some weird moment. Like she wakes up that morning and she's got like these angel wings and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are they going to do? Like, is she going to like float off into the sky or some weird shit? Like some ambiguously, like ish, maybe she actually was an angel the whole time or, you know, maybe she's insane or whatever. Then she goes to the beach. She dumps gas on her. The sky's fucking swirling open and like all the people are watching her and in that first glimpse people are like yo what the fuck is she doing but then like it switches and like everybody's like standing and waiting and like like they're like an audience for her mm-hmm. like they're they're like encouraging her almost and then when she she lights up that torch and like everybody like kind of falls to their knees and is almost like praying to her and she's got the angel wings and the flames and she looks all like oh this is so lovely and then half a second shot it just snaps and the color of the screen just completely changes because it goes from this bright this vibrant this beautiful glow to this like blackened bubbling skin and like real fire look like it's like even the fire when she's like in that dream sequence looks very cgi and very like yeah kind of whimsical but then it looks really grit, like real. Like it looks fucking real when they snap it. And it's just half a second and it goes from this beautiful, this beautiful glow to her screaming, like blood curdling screams of agony and fire for like a split second. And then just black Saint Maud. Yeah. Roll credits. It is. <laughs> and in that moment, you realize just how much of that was in her head. Like she's envisioning it as this beautiful thing. But in reality, we're watching this woman burn to death on the beach. Like, what the fuck? It is so gnarly. Yeah. I, uh, that, that part, it just, it fucked me up. Like, I, I kept thinking about it, like, for days afterwards. I was like, that was fucking crazy. And, uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just really tragic. Like, I, I love the ending. Like, I think the ending is, is phenomenal. Like we said, sticking, sticking the landing. Like, it's one of the best, I think, just like endings I've seen in a while. Cause even we, we talked about like a uh, like hereditary and stuff. There's a lot of A24 movies that don't stick the landing like this, and even ones that I really like. Um, yeah. And I was just like, damn, that was that was like perfect. And uh, but it was just it's just like super upsetting. Like it, it made me when that happened at the end, I was like shook, and I sat there for a few minutes, and I was just like, damn. But I started re- realizing, I'm like, yeah, I really like like I'm upset for the character. Like it's not like that was just like a expendable character for me. Like, I was just like, that is really upsetting and maybe not to the same level, but I could, again, like I said earlier, you can see people going down this path where they, you know, something traumatic happens to them and they cling to religion to like help them cope with things. But then that like coping mechanism becomes their life. Like there are people that are definitely obsessed with their religion and let it dictate their life and stuff like that. It definitely just feels like it could be a relevant thing. Like, you have to deal with PTSD and your loneliness and all that stuff. And 
Um, it was just, it was just really upsetting, and I realized after I watched it too, I was like, I talk all the time about like I love sci-fi, but like, is my favorite type of movie actually a character study? Like, I don't know if that's really a genre or not, but I was just like, because mm. I love Uncut Gems and like Joker and Nightcrawler and like Memento and Drive yeah, and like all these very, movies. It's very um, they're like dramatic, but also like really. Like taking a look at like the psychological aspects of like a character, like yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's what's. I think it's super interesting. It could be super interesting to like anybody because it's you're examining like human condition. Like we're humans. Like we should be most interested in the stories that I think in any way we can relate to because we know that these are all like human elements. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is really good. Like I really liked yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was like, you know, the first time I started it, I watched like maybe like the first 40, 50 minutes of it. And then I was like, oh shit, like I can't finish it. I got to come back to it. Mm -hmm. And like in that time, like there was definitely those parts in the middle where I'm just like, all right, when, when is this movie going to show its face? Like, when am I going to really know what I'm watching? I told you before we started recording, like starting off this movie, I didn't write any notes for like the first 25, 30 minutes of it. Cause I was just like, I don't know what to write yet because I don't really know exactly what I'm watching. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I can tell like the aesthetic stuff and the tonal stuff, but I'm like, those are usually like the notes I write after the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Cause it's stuff that I'm like, okay, like obviously like I'll remember that. I, I like generally when I'm, when I'm writing my notes, I try to make notes on like, uh, like storytelling elements that happen throughout the movie or anything like that. And, um, yeah, there wasn't anything that was really like popping out to me in the beginning. And I was, I was just trying to like suss out. I'm like, where is this? Where are we trying to go with this? Um, but yeah, man, sticking the landing and and that runtime is so sweet. Like such such a digestible movie, like even for a slow burn, like it doesn't feel very long. Like I feel like they don't spend too much time lingering in any one scene or doing anything for too long. But I do feel like in that middle, there's not a lot of forward um, forward progression. Like it's a little bit of same, same, same. Mm -hmm. Just going off of like the runtime that you said, I think of this movie a little bit the same way I do about Get Out. Now, I will say I like Get Out more than this movie, but Get Out is another really tight, shorter movie. And there's a lot of things packed into it that you might not notice on like first viewing whatever but there there's a lot of cool stuff on there, like a second viewing for this too and it's an hour and 20 minutes but there are a lot of things to pick up and i think this movie does actually have rewatchability if you want to experience this again um because yeah. i i put it on a second time actually and just kind of like skim through and stuff and uh there was a few things that i noticed and i was like oh that's actually really cool because again i think they want you to believe that there are that, you know, she's actually talking to God or that like God's like leaving her like symbols and stuff like that. And on the second viewing, I was like, oh, there's actually even more things going on that would make her believe like like very weird coincidences. And one of the things is, um, you know, they, the beginning of the movie, they show her patient, which which we didn't mm -hmm. even mention. But like the movie starts up and shows you like this traumatic event that happened to her um, and her patient is like dead on the table and her arms are like sprawled out basically. And then when she first like goes to Amanda's house and she's just kind of like just a nurse there, like the moment when she just like in her head is kind of like, Oh, I think I have to save this person. It's when she's going through her things and she's looking at her dance posters and her poses on the dance posters are the same poses that that dead body was in, in the hospital. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick that up. Yeah, that's I awesome. Thought, I thought that was cool. I was like, oh, damn, that's really cool. And there's a few other things. Like, I don't want to spoil everything, but I was just like, yeah, this is like, there's a lot packed into that that short run time. And uh, just just a small, like, or short and, like, sweet, but, like, really powerful hour 20. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, sir, I one of my last notes was I feel like this movie's going to be very divisive as a lot of A24 movies and especially like these like psychological quote unquote horror movies usually are. So very much interested to hear these tomato tomatoes. Yep. You are not 
wrong. Uh, tomato, tomato, <laughs> tomato, 93%. So like a A minus wow. A. A minus. Yeah. And then tomato, the audience, they're bringing it out at 68%. So like a D plus. Whoa. All right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes total sense <laughs> to me. Not surprised in the slightest. But I'm going to go with the critics and say tomato. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm going to give it a B plus. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I actually went a minus. My original grade when I like finished it was a B plus. And then it was after a few days. I was like, I'm still thinking about this fucking movie. I was like, this, this really stuck with me. So I gave it an A minus. I bumped it up for me. Like nice. It's a, it's a little slow. And, uh, the plot is very straightforward. Like, I think there's, a, there is a lot like deeper meanings to a lot of stuff, but just the story they tell, like, it is pretty, it's pretty simple if you think about it, but I think it is effective. Um, but for that, it was, yeah, it was an A minus for me. Nice. Yeah. I was kind of teetering between, um, same thing. Like I finished the movie, like my knee jerk reaction was B plus. So I'm just kind of like sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad we got to talk about this. I was, I, I texted you right after I watched it. I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta watch it. We gotta talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's definitely one worth talking. Dude, this is one that I I could see like showing somebody. Like, like uh, I my original plan was to watch this uh, with my girlfriend, but uh, just timeline wise wasn't wasn't fitting it into the schedule. So I watched it on my own. But now that I have watched it on my own, I'm like, oh, I definitely have to show her this. So like, I might actually watch this again fairly soon. Yeah, I know it's it's so short. Like it's it. It's such like a small commitment to make to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I want to buy this like for sure when it when it's out in the states because I think it's really hard to find in states. Yeah, I know you can buy it now in the, mm-hmm. the UK. Like a physical copy, you mean? Yeah, like a physical copy. I I want to buy it. Yeah, I don't know if this is one I would buy. I'm not sure yet. It's one for me. Like I again, like we talked to Hereditary. Like I think this is one that I would want to show like some horror fans, but people who like a little bit more like artsy horror. Um, yeah, cause yeah, I, I just really liked it. Like there's so much going and the ending st- still, the ending is, is everything. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing. I was like, I saw that ending. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely have to show her this. Like, it's so fucking cool. Like that, but like it's, a, said, it's a hard one to just show the ending without all of the, uh, the context behind it. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know what? You got to watch the first hour, but then like, man, they, that last, that last chunk of the movie, like you need that first hour mm-hmm. to, to sell it. So yeah, hell yeah. I'm glad we finally got to talk about this again. We've been waiting for this one for like a year now, almost a whole year. Like we knew about this back in, back before the shutdown, like we knew this was coming. Yeah. Um, I think it's supposed to come out like March or April of 2020. And now it's freaking end of February and it's finally like available or it's like middle of February is when it was available. So about time, about time we did it, about time we got to sit down and record another episode and we got more to come. We know we got uh Judas and the black Messiah. We got to do. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe we got some special episodes. I know we got the duties we got to do, so we got to cram in as many of these 2020 movies, especially these uh, Oscar contenders, potential Oscar contenders. Yeah. For, that for way anyone, we know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, for anyone who's like, because we've been talking about the duties now for like a month and a half, really. We're like, oh, it's coming up, it's coming up. For anyone who's wondering when it's coming up, it actually is going to be soon, but we decided with how weird the releases have been on these movies and how hard it's been to see some of them, We'd hold off. We would hit some of these bigger movies because you see the Golden Globes. It's like Nomadland, The Father. Like some of these movies are harder to find. Um, I know Nomadland. I think is on Hulu, but like The Father's not out yet and stuff. And we were just like, we want to see some of these before we do a top ten, especially because I, I think that we're not like like there are movies that we definitely like a lot from this year, but I don't think there's a ton of movies that we're like super passionate about. You know what I mean? No, this is... I feel like most of my top 10 are movies. I'm like, this is good, but I don't think any movie I've watched this year would make it into last year's top 10. I think at this moment, I think there's like one, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. You've I, you've definitely seen more movies than me, 
So yeah, I gotta I gotta do some catch up. So we'll we'll make sure it happens and uh, and we'll make sure we get we get it out to you guys eventually. Mm-hmm. But best way to stay tuned, stay hip to what we're doing is you know subscribe to the podcast. Obviously, that way it just drops. You get it as soon as it drops. But also um, follow us on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. You can follow my personal page if you'd like at Sky Two Dudes. You can follow my page at Colin Two Dudes. That's right. We actually both posted recently because we both had little fun, little fun adventures. Your Star Wars adventure, and I went on a, I went on a greasy cheeseburger adventure in Jersey. I, I knew so, where you went. I saw you went to White Man. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, in Hackensack. Yeah, I was like, oh, let's go get some fucking greasy burgers, and French fries, and milkshakes. Fucking live <laughs> it up. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like you can check that all out. You can go to two dudes, check out our merch shop, try to win some of that merch by giving us a five-star review on Apple podcast. Cause that is really sweet. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Well, we yeah, boy. Well, we so yeah, we need it. We need it. So do that. And until then suck it swampies. <laughs>